Wing Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Welcome to episode 282. You know, have you ever wondered what it'd be like to fly a powered parachute? I know I love watching them fly in, around Lake Okeechobee and things like this, that, and I've always been curious about how I could get into flying. A powered parachute. Well, joining me today is Roy Beiswinger from EasyFlight.com. Before we get talking with Roy, though, quick shout out to our sponsor. Let's do the pre-flight. And that's the Spartan School of Aeronautics. They have a coupon code SPARTAN that you can use and get a free scholarships guide. You can find out more about that, but stuckmikeavcast.com slash free. Use that coupon code Spartan. Spartan is truly a great school out in Oklahoma and uh, throughout the United States, and they want people to succeed in their careers and also in their flying lives, and they're, they're giving away 50 scholarships guides. So thanks again to Spartan uh, College of Aeronautics. Stuckmikeavcast.com slash free. Get your free scholarships guide. Now entering cruise flight. Anyway, again, joining me today is Roy Weisswinger, who's somebody who's passionate about powered parachutes. I've talked to him before about this, and I tell you, Roy, just sitting there watching those those things fly is just so much fun. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me, and uh, it's, it's great to be here. And yes, they are a hoot. I've been <laughs> doing it for a bunch of years, and. Um, I, yeah, it, it's one of those things where you, I think it's like any aspect of flying. You just can't get enough of it. And that just happens to be my flavor. You know, one of the reasons I got back into it is just watching it. I mean, you sit there, it's actually really cool to watch and, mm -hmm. and doing that, I went to the internet and then I found your YouTube channel, which you're doing a great job on. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, and, and that got me back into it because you give us that perspective uh, from a powered parachute. But now that I'm excited about it, I have a bunch of questions and that's why we're here today. You know, and, well, good. And I have a bunch <laughs> of answers. I'll tell you. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I really, I'm excited to go fly in this and I'm actually excited that I just realized that you're not far from me. So we're going to, we're going to definitely get into, into one of these. But uh, first of all, uh, kind of explain to me, I'll be honest with you, the first time I saw one and my wife asked me what it was, I was like, uh, yeah, it's an aircraft. <laughs> so exactly. what is a parachute? <laughs> well, you know, it, it, since we don't have images to work with, what I usually describe it to, like if I'm at a party or something, is I'll say, look, the, a powered parachute is kind of like parasailing, uh, you know, on, on the ocean somewhere where you got the boat and the rope and it's pulling, pulling you up and you got the parachute that's giving you the lift. Okay, well, this is like you lose the boat and the rope because you're self-powered, all right, and you take off on yourself. Of course, you don't have to take, you don't take off on water, you take off on land. You got, it's a little wheeled cart and you take off and then you just steer the cart around. It steers like a skydive chute and you can go up really high. I mean, the record is like 
21,000 feet or something just crazy like that, uh, I will, my nose starts bleeding and I start getting bored at 10,000 feet. And I, and I haven't gone up there honestly for years. So I normally, uh, my happy place is 400 feet and below. And, uh, you know, it, it, the, the really big attraction is uh, not that it's a parachute, not that it's anything in particular other than the experience it gives you. So what I'm able to do with one of these is fly really low, really slow, interact with the terrain. It's kind of that whole Superman feeling. You know, where you, where you get up and you're able to go around trees, you're able to chase the coyotes, you're able to just, um, uh, it, it, it's just that feel. It's, it's, it's like, it's like the whole thing you dreamed about when you were a kid. Yeah. Put the cape on and you're flying, you know, it's just like exactly. A, it's like a flying parka lounger, you know, you got your feet up and you're just kind of tootling around through the sky. I like that description the best, a flying barca lounger. And that's, uh, it, it gives me the, the impression that we're kind of relaxing, floating around the air and, yeah. uh, pretty much doing that. You know, the, the power parachute though, and I've seen a lot of that on the channel, there's a difference between that. And there's another thing called paragliders. I, I'm not sure I understand the difference again between the two. Well, most of the time, the easiest, uh, thing and there and there's a lot of crossover nowadays and and some of it is just a marketing thing some guys want to call them powered par themselves powered parachutes and some of the guys want to call them powered paraglider pilots but a true powered paraglider is a foot launch device and so they'll they'll strap the and you'll see them with these with these motors lightweight motors on their back uh they're they're like 100% ultralights, except for some tandem ones that they're able to fly under exemptions. And they'll just, and, they, and they'll run into the wind and kite their wing and, and they're off, off to the races themselves. It is a, it is a cool way of flying too. Um, but it's definitely different because the one big thing that they are hard pressed to do is take somebody with them and then the other thing that we're able to do with powered parachutes, since they're a little bit heavier, is flying a little bit more winds than they are. We're both wind limited, you know, really wind limited. Uh, about, you know, think hot air balloon kind of wind limited. Um, but they they have it a little bit worse than the, than the powered parachutes. And then the powered paragliders have, uh, over the years, uh, sprouted wheels themselves. So there's kind of a hybrid there that is somewhere between powered parachute and, and powered paraglider, and it's what they call powered paraglider trikes. They're still mostly hand controlled. Uh, they still use the like smaller one cylinder engines. And, uh, but you know, as, as, as those guys are, are, are aging, you know, they're finding that, uh, it's a whole lot better to have wheels than, than, than knees for, uh, uh, your primary landing gear. That was one of the concerns I had with the uh, paragliders is, uh, you know, as my knees get older, you know, running uh, with that would be a little bit tougher, but it looks like fun. Uh, I like having the wheels though. That's uh, right. That, and, and one of the things too, going back to the, to the real part of this is, is the joy of flying it. And, you know, you talk about low, slow in the state of Florida, I can smell citrus. Uh, right. it's, it's also the ability to take pictures. A lot of people think, oh, drones, uh, you can take photographs, but with, with the para parachute, you, you actually have the ability, I feel 
to to use your kinesthetic sense to figure out where things are and also you have a much better view being up there as opposed to just looking through the camera on a on a you know on a drone uh, i'd like to get your opinion on that as far as photographing and stuff like that oh they're 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 wonderful uh, photography uh, uh, platforms, partly because even more so than a drone, you, there's there's less pilot work. There's less pilot workload. Uh, there's positive static stability because you have the the lift is overhead and all the heavy stuff is down below. So it's always going to straighten itself out in flight. So that means once you set up a direction, you're not really having to manage a whole lot. If you got your direction set and you've got your altitude set, and we do that with uh, its throttle pitch. So you set the throttle and you know where you're going. You can look through a, a, a camera lens and not get really, really paranoid that things are just going to go completely to ill really fast. I mean, you're just able to do your thing, take whatever pictures you want. Again, you're only going 30 miles an hour. So it's, it's you know, you're almost, especially if you get a little bit of a headwind, you're almost in an air buoy at times. So you can get some of the best photos. Like I think you were alluding to, you can set up your shots better because when, you, when you're sitting out in, in the flying barca lounger, you're able to take in just entire vistas. It's, um, you, you really don't even get that from an airplane. I mean, you're just, unless you're in one of the little bubble top ones, like, and there's a couple of uh, models out there that do that, and I just can't remember their names offhand, but you're able to get out there and you're just able to see everything, and then you get to your spot to take your shot or whatever, or your video or whatever you're wanting to do. So it's a pretty good, it's a, it's a wonderful platform for that. And now that I'm doing video, it's even more fun. Yeah, those videos are great. And one of the things that it's done for me has made me realize one more thing. And that's the one thing that we love to do in aviation, and that's share it with others. I right. did not realize you could, you could bring uh, passengers with you. Yes, yes, that is. Uh, well, see, now the, the, with the sport pilot rules, one of the things that happened in Sport Pilot that that nobody, uh, well, not nobody, but it just was kind of hasn't gotten on the screen of a lot of people, I guess, is that the FAA actually created two new, two entirely new categories of aircraft. I mean, you think about it, you know, we've always had airplane, we've always had glider, we've always had rotorcraft, we've always had lighter than air, but and, but it's a not a really long list of categories. And here, with the sport pilot rule, they added two entirely new categories. And so that means, uh, of course, that now licenses are available. And it, it, it takes it up a notch, a, 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 a healthy notch from ultralights. So now we're able to legally take along passengers, go flying, uh, and you know, share that whole... Uh, joy with people. And on top of that, it has made training a lot better. I mean, I, I feel that the, the quality of training, even though we had two seats with exemptions in the past, uh, now the FAA is demanding uh, by regulation that we spend more time in the seat with a student. There, there's, it doesn't sound like a lot of time, but 10 hours of dual flight time is probably about 10 times more than students normally got pre-sport pilot. 
and we're turning out better pilots, uh, safer pilots, more secure pilots in their equipment, and it's just a more fun process. So, um, yeah, it's it, it, that whole sport pilot thing was a game changer for powered parachutes. Now that you mentioned that, how you know? Now I'm curious. How do I learn how to fly one? Say I'm the the non-pilot. I'm new to aviation. How do I go about learning how to fly? Well, if you are lucky, uh, you find someone close by who knows how to train people to fly powered parachutes. Unfortunately, those cats are pretty rare. Uh, the the one. And that is the one downside of sport pilot is we lost a lot of instructors because they didn't want to make that transition to an FAA cert certificated program. But the, you know, there are instructors, but uh, unfortunately, you know, we, we count them. Oh, you know, if a state is lucky, an individual state is lucky, there may be six flight instructors for powered parachute in the entire state. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to think offhand, and I don't know that any state is that lucky right now. Florida, um, at the moment, there are two active flight instructors, no, three active flight instructors for pirate parachute in Florida, and all three happen to be also uh, DPEs. And, you know, I'm one of them, and then we have another guy at Danella, and we have another guy up there at um, uh, Lake City, I believe. So it's not it, it, so getting to someone is hard. And and one of the things that I did personally, because I, I do this full time, is I set up a program where if somebody's going to come to me, I book out like two, three weeks of time and just say, I'm going to work with this student and get this student to the finish line and get them licensed. So I'm only able to work with a handful of folks. Because unfortunately, you know, powered parachutes are wind limited, particularly for students, particularly for first time flyers. And so, you know, we, we look for this early morning, you know, the first hour or two. And then sometimes in the evening, we'll have that late evening when all the winds kind of die down a little bit. That's when we like to take guys up. That's when the, 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 that, that's when the magic happens because when people are shooting landings with this big um, uh, wing up there, if the wind catches it, a student doesn't know whether it's something they did or whether the wind did it. It's probably not anything I did because I'll usually just let them fly and let them try to figure it out as much as they can. Um, but the but the wind's not so merciful. So the, the challenge is finding somebody to help you out and fly the aircraft. Uh, right. But as far as for folks like for me, I'm a private pilot or actually commercial, whatever. And um, mm -hmm. how I can. So what do I do? Say I'm a private pilot. Can I fly or what do I need to do to fly one? Well, and uh, and, and first, before we go too far, I got to say there, there's still ultralight versions of them. They're still single oh. seat powered parachutes. So. If you're, you know, feeling a little, uh, uh, you know, froggy, you could just buy one off of eBay and jump in it and go. All right. Legally. Um, never recommended because, uh, you know, chances are you're going to break something. Hopefully it's equipment. And, you know, it just it's just kind of a costly way to do business. But if you want to get the certification, you're in a great spot uh, uh, already having a license because the way the sport pilot 
uh, program works is transitions are very easy. All you have to do is be competent and improve your competency to one instructor, your, your primary instructor. And that could be, you know, 10, 20 hours like it would be for somebody just out of the box, or it might be an hour or two. Uh, the hour or two guys, uh, frankly, are the guys who learn, you know, they kind of learn off the books with another powered parachute instructor, get, get, get it all figured out, and then they go to an instructor and then they get a recommendation to go to a second instructor, and that person does what they call a proficiency check. And a proficiency check is kind of like a, a mini check ride. It, it has it's a practical test standard thing, so you got to follow the PTS. It's got all of the same things in there. It's just usually a little bit more abbreviated over what somebody has to do for a full-on check ride. Where would I find information about that? You said the PTS. Is that like online? I can find that. Yes, uh, all you can go to faa.gov, and you can find. Uh, I think under um, oh, where would it be? Uh, it's not under regulations, but it's it's there's there's uh, there's place where they have all the documentation for pilot training, and all the practical test standards and the ACS and everything is there. And yeah, it's a public document. You can download it right offline or right online. And I think you have it on easyflight.com too, right? I do. I have it there, and uh, I have. Actually, I used to have it there. I'm not. I have to check and see if I still have it there. It's it's not that big of a document. Um, luckily, I mean, there's, there's not tons and tons of people have to know. Unfortunately for someone like yourself who already understands radio work, already understands weather, already understands medical and all that stuff. It's a, it's a much easier transition for somebody just starting fresh. So what would you suggest for someone, both the person that's starting out and then will the person that's actually transitioning, uh, you know, cause there's. They're, unlike in the world of fixed-wing aircraft, you don't have as many people that are out there instructing. So what would you suggest as far as the process? Well, the, the, the best thing to start with, if at all possible, is first get a flight in one. You know, find a friend, go to a fly-in, and, and there's still you know, plenty of fly-ins. I mean, when there's sun and fun, there's uh, guys down there who are instructors, and they will, uh, you know, if the weather's right, they'll be able to take folks up. At Oshkosh, that'll happen. And, but there's other smaller fly-ins that are even better because, you know, they, they get more time uh, set aside for the powered parachutes. If you can get that taste of it or get anything open cockpit so that you know that's what you want to do, then honestly, what, what I have found is the, the system that I've put together really is the winning system because it allows somebody to sign up, dedicate themselves to it, and within two weeks, go home with that certificate in their pocket. Uh, not having to travel different parts of the country. That's another thing. There's in the entire country, there's only about, I think right now, because a couple of them dropped out, I think there's only a dozen uh, uh, guys who are designated pilot examiners. And I just told you three of them are here in Florida. Okay. That leaves, you know, that means there's nine throughout the rest of the country here. So um, I think two are in California. Uh, two were in Utah, two were in Illinois. I, I mean, so they're kind of concentrating pockets. So 
if you go to someone that has a DPE right there, and then like in my case, my program, I am the DPE. I, ha I bring in another instructor so they could fly with another instructor to recommend them back to me. But it's you know, getting it all done at one time. I, I th I'm actually convinced. That's the way I learned gyroplane myself. I just set aside uh, a week. I think it was a week plus, And I went down and I, in my case, I visited uh, Greg Reminger down in uh, Southeast Missouri. And you just get in and you apply yourself and you get the whole thing done. Kind of like a, an adventure travel vacation, maybe, you know, make it that. Exactly. I mean, it, and it because it, and I've actually uh, submitted that to folks, the idea that even if you never wanted to fly ever again, just to dedicate yourself to learning this new skill, getting through it and being able to say, I'm a pilot at the very end. That's a pretty awesome thing because, uh, yeah, I always talk about, pi you know, pilots in the United States, one out of 700 people is a pilot. Isn't that a crazy low number? It is. But we're getting more. And by doing things like this, We'll, we will get more. Maybe we need to get more awareness because, uh, you know, the instructional numbers seem kind of low to me. Uh, and that's that's a shock to me. But in my mind, I'm sitting there saying, well, is it because I can't go fly this thing? I mean, why why do you think that's low? And then comment on what I just said, you know, where can I go fly this? Well, the thing of it is, is that uh, when I say one out of 700, okay, I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about airplane pilots too. That that's how uncommon, you know, everybody who's listening to this, okay, I'm gonna say, I don't, I don't know what your numbers are of people who are, are pilots. I'd say it's a pretty healthy number. And that group of guys, okay, the pilots in that group, you know, we're used to being around other pilots. So we think there's a, a herd of us out there because we go to the airport and there's a herd. But you know what? Go to church or go to a class reunion or go to a job thing if you don't happen to be and and really try to figure out how many people are pilots. Very, very rare. I don't even know how small the number is for powered parachutes. But to your point, it it, it you know, I appreciate coming on here and being able to chat with you because it does bring a little bit of awareness to it because that's what's needed right now. It's almost like one of those best kept secret deals. Yeah. I mean, friends of mine said, dude, you got to try this. It's like so much fun. And, uh, and it changes their lives and yes. you know, they'll, they actually, they, they enjoy it so much. They're like, man, this is like out, you know, bugs in the teeth, you know, wind right. in the hair kind of thing. Uh, it's, it's like a Harley Davidson or, uh, it's like flying a steerman, but a lot less expensive than a steerman. You know, it's, uh, it's just, just so much fun. And it's also available in many areas that we don't realize. In other words, you don't you don't have to go to an airport to fly. There's many different fields out there. You know, we talk about Lakeland, but there's other places you can take off and land. Oh yeah, yeah. The, and you know, the, the the thing that's appealing to a lot of people is I I, I teach a lot of farmers and ranchers to fly, mm -hmm. and so they've got a lot of land. And oftentimes, what they'll do is they're using them. They, they end up becoming farm implements. So. They're able to take off if they're uh, farmers, if they're row crop farmers, they're able to do crop inspections uh, just way more efficiently than walking out there. Even more efficiently, frankly, than you could do with a drone. Because a drone, you're looking through this little tiny camera. You're not really able to see the big picture 
as well as you can through a powered parachute. And then um, uh, ranchers love them because they're able to find, uh, you know, during calving season, they're able to find the, 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 the young cattle. They're able to go out and, you know, run fence lines. They're able to do a lot of stuff. So those guys, a lot of them never get to an airport. I mean, they'll train at an airport and then they go home and they're just flying off their own property. It's awesome. How much room do they need? I like to recommend uh, a, like a football field. So I, I like 300 feet, uh, a little bit more when you're taking somebody with perhaps. And of course, at the end of your 300 feet, you, you, you know, you don't want 50 foot trees or something like that. That, that. So when people are pacing out how much room they need, sometimes they forget that at the end of that, you know, if they have a big barbed wire fence, you that's not a good thing. Fairly easy to find that much space usually. Uh, and one of the other things, too, is the fact that, you know, you can pretty much pack this up and and take it with you as far as trailing it. I'm assuming I've seen people trailer gliders, so I'm assuming you can do the same thing with this. Oh, yeah. In fact, a lot of folks, uh, their hanger is their trailer. So they get a little covered trailer. <laughs> it's uh yeah it looks like a, a motorcycle trailer only it's going to be quite a bit taller because of the big fan guard and everything and they keep it in there and they they don't have to kick their car out of the garage and it reduces friction you know with the wife and so they could park this thing either at the airport or at the house and then when they're ready to fly they just either hitch it up and take it to their field or to the fly-in or to the airport or wherever they want to go with it is there any limitations like on, we talked a little bit about weather, maybe we could put a little more color to that as far as, you know, winds, rain, et cetera. Well, I, I mean, I, rain stings. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, <laughs> it stings. I've been caught out a couple of times and it will pellet you, brother. Um, so you don't want to be up in it generally. Uh, winds. Uh, you know, when we're learning, we don't like any, we don't like five knots. I mean, we like to keep it below okay. that. Once you start flying, I'd say seven or eight knots is going to be your limit. And that, that sounds real low and, and it probably is real low to anybody who's flying anything, you know, any kind of serious aircraft. But when you're going only 30 miles an hour and you start at seven knots, and then by the time you get up to a hundred feet or 200 feet, it's probably doubled. And now you've got, you know, the mechanical turbulence and everything for such a lightly wing loaded aircraft. It's just not a fun ride. No, I can imagine. The other thing too, uh, something I've been meaning to ask you is how about airports? I mean, are you limited as to where you can fly and like, can you fly here to Lakeland? Uh, some people can, if they choose to. And if, if you're wanting to get a private pilot, uh, uh, rating, you end up having to fly at some place like Lakeland because you need to be able to do tower work. Um, but for the, it, it depends upon the airport. I mean, there's um, some powered parachutes and powered paraglider pilots over the years have kind of made a bad name for themselves, frankly. And so, uh, you know, a lot of airport managers are kind of and I, I would say almost rightfully so, a little hesitant about seeing guys come in. Um, but if you, you know, if you've got your license and you've got the the basic people skills, and you don't go in like a rowdy person saying, "I've got my rights," and and you've 
and you've signed, you know, agreements when you took federal money. All that stuff is true, but I'd rather be someplace where I'm invited and where people are, you know, friendly towards you in the first place. But, but as far as the FAA is concerned, you can fly just about any airport. The thing is, you, I'd like to see how that works out. You know, you have to have radio and stuff like that. I mean, what, do you normally have that equipment on board, a radio, et cetera? Yes, yes. I always have a radio because I always fly at a uh, GA airport. So I want to know what they're doing, and I want to be able to assure them that I'm not a yahoo that's going to get in their way. So that's so that's all. And, you know, and I've got a guy who's uh, – uh, purchasing a machine up in the uh, Washington DC area and he's having to get ADSB out. So he's going to have, he's going to be fully equipped by the time this is all over. So therefore these, uh, the power parachute actually is a little sturdier than, than most of us realize. Uh, it kind of reminds me of, of a, 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 almost like a doom buggy, but just, you know, the, the tubing. Oh, right. And, right. Yeah. You know, and they're, and they're very, they're f- very safe. And, uh, you know, cause if you wind up rolling one, it's, it's, uh, it seems like you have some protection. You can talk towards that maybe. Oh yeah. 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 And, and one of the nice things about it with training, that's something that happens very, very seldom back in the, in the, in the bad old days, uh, you know, people would kite these things kind of randomly and the chute would get off to one side. And like you say, you'd roll them. You'd, the, the, the pilot would be upside down going, well, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's really all it was. It was embarrassing. You know, you, you the, the, the equipment would normally be okay and the pilot would be okay. Everything would be okay. Pride would be, you know, murdered. Okay. Just, just be hurtful. And training has kind of taken that away. I mean, now, now people, uh, I mean, they, they can go through an entire flying career without tipping anything over because, and, and the equipment's gotten a, a, a little better as far as things like that go too. And for, let's talk a little bit about the equipment uh, as far as, well, I don't even know. Can you, first of all, can you rent one? And if not, uh, what do you, how do you compare them to like an air, uh, like a regular Cessna, that kind of thing to own? Well, I, there's as far as used stuff goes, you can get stuff out there very inexpensively. I mean, we're talking you know less than ten thousand dollars. So that's a two-stroke version. Uh, new powered parachutes, uh, four-stroke, nine twelve ULS. Those are the that's my training fleet right now. Uh, those guys, uh, they're about forty-five thousand dollars, and I've seen equipment go up as high as a quarter million. Now, the, the, the $45,000 equipment is actually a huge bargain when you look at the fact that uh, if, you just, if you wanted to go down to Lockwood and just buy a, a, a Rotex 912 ULS, it'd cost you about $25,000. You know, that's without a chute, without an airframe, without instruments, without anything. That's just the price of the engine. And if you look at most of the aircraft that are out there, uh, whether it be trikes, whether it be airplanes, uh, and it's mostly other guys who are using them, of course, or, or, or gyroplanes, I suppose. Um, you know, their equipment is, it's, it's a pretty darn close to six figures if it isn't six figures. And so powered parachutes are still, even though they're pretty pricey, they're still a huge bargain when you look at new to new in the rest of the aviation market. 
I also assume the actual operating costs are lower. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, first of all, if you you could practically do all the work on them yourselves, uh, fuel costs are way low. Uh, you know, we talked about hangering costs. If you've got a trailer or a garage, if you're flying off your own land, you're you're good to go. So yeah, all of the a, a lot of the big costs that we worry about with airplanes. Uh, for the most part, they, they don't go away 100%, but they get reduced quite a bit when we start talking about pirate parachutes. How about insurance? Is it similar to aircraft, other aircraft? It is, insurance is a tough nut. You can get it, and I know some people that have. It's probably roughly comparable to those who pursue it. Uh, but most of the time, a lot of the people who are getting insurance are getting third-party liability insurance because they're hangering them at an airport. And that's really pretty modest. Uh, if you go through the United States Ultralight Association, it's a matter of, I, I think the price is like $250, $350 for a year. It's, it's pretty good. And this United States Ultralight Association, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about other things we, where we can find out more information. I guess that would be one of the places you'd suggest for people to go? Yeah, uh, usua.org. Uh, is uh, you can become a member there. You can find out about insurance and everything, not just for powered parachutes, but for weight shift control trikes and for airplanes. The the uh, and it isn't just for ultralights anymore. It's kind of everything that is ultralight uh, through light sport and actually through what is uh, considered microlights in the UK. So. There's, there's a lot of folks who are building experimental airplanes and we're about the only place they can go to get insurance because a lot of the insurance companies don't want to touch experimentals while they're still in phase one. But USUA uh, will look at them. As a community, uh, the power parachutes, the ultralights, et cetera, but the power parachutes in spe specifically, do you, do you think it's growing or is there more and more people getting into this uh, as a hobby? I think it is, but there's not a lot of momentum yet. Uh, powered parachutes were like the thing in the 90s. I mean, before Sport mm -hmm. Pilot rolled through, there you go through Paradise City there at Sun and Fun, and there were like, I think there were one year there was like 25 manufacturers, mm -hmm. not 25 dealers and all that. It was 25 full-on manufacturers. Now the number of manufacturers is down to about six, I think six in the U.S. Um, and, and a lot of those guys aren't selling lots and lots of equipment. But I was just talking to uh, the top manufacturer right now. And when I say top manufacturer, everybody gets kind of emotional about that. But I mean, by top is they do more sales than anybody else. And right now, those guys are selling, uh, they're booked, uh, their factory is booked up through September. So this is turning out to be kind of a banner year. And, that's, and they haven't had this kind of activity for, for years and years. Usually it would be about seven, eight weeks and you get something delivered. Now it's like twice that. Yeah. Part of it, I think is, uh, the, the pandemic has kind of helped a little bit because people are starting to look for things to do. Uh, and, uh, in a secluded environment, something that's exciting. Uh, and this is not that hard. It's not a big barrier to entry. That's for sure. 
No, it's it, it. I always look at it as kind of a gateway drug to aviation in the first place because a lot of guys they'll they'll figure powered parachutes are the neatest thing in the world, and I'm here to assure you that they they really are. But some guys will, after they get flying powered parachutes, they say, you know, and they, and they don't ever really give up powered parachutes, but they decide, you know, I want to do more. I, 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 you know, now that I've just, I've gotten into aviation, I understand aviation, I feel comfortable with aviation, but you know what? Now I want to go to Boise, <laughs> you know, and you're never going to do that in a pirate parachute unless you're starting in Boise. And so they start learning gyroplanes or they get into airplanes or, or, or weight shift control trikes or something else. And uh, so it, it, so it's kind of a wonderful way for people to get introduced to aviation if that's their, if they want to go on to other things. There's some really easy ways to get into it also, and that's on the internet. I love the internet. I love YouTube. And like I said, I, I kind of got – my interest was spurred even more because I was researching recently, and I found your YouTube channel, which, by the way, your videos keep getting better, and I'm learning so much from that. The way I found it actually was from easyflight.com, and then it was a link that went over to your YouTube channel. So if you're looking for stuff online, definitely easyflight.com. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing there uh, on the YouTube channel because I love the experience. I love sitting there in the cockpit with you. Well, I, you know, one of the things that I noticed was, you know, because I'm kind of a latecomer to YouTube. I only started last year, but I would get on YouTube like a lot of people do. And I'd say there's nothing there for powered parachutes. I mean, there was just at the time. Now there's there's a couple other guys that, are, you know, you'll see guys do one off videos or they'll do a lot of this and they'll add some stuff on powered parachutes but very little stuff on there and, and zero as far as what you're talking about as far as instructional stuff, as far as going through and say, okay, this is what's going on. So I decided to combine a couple of things. One of them is I like the view from a powered parachute. So what you were talking about, just that, uh, you know, I've, I've got it set up with a, um, with a 360 camera you don't need 360 gear or anything like that but the 360 camera allows me to capture a lot of different views with one camera during a flight and so i have that as kind of the b-roll that's the background stuff and then i'm a little talking head in the in the corner down there which you know when, when you have a face for radio that's what you want to do is you want to get that little tiny circle down there at the right hand but i'll walk through things so it ends up being for me it's the ideal combination of being able to see people fly, see what flying looks like, and learn a little bit about the sport as you go. So it's been a lot of fun. I, I mean, I've got a lot of good positive response from that. Yeah, I tell you, I've had a lot of fun with it. It's like, you know, I, I tell my wife, hey, check this out. This is pretty cool. And the other thing I like that you're doing is the shorts. I like uh, watching some of those shorts, and, and I just want to get out there and experience the flying. I don't even have to put the the volume on. I can just watch it. Right. Uh, what, what an amazing view uh, from above. And watching someone take off and land is really cool. Well, there's actually a, a, a funny story about that because when I started the channel, the very first, I want to say, I don't even know how many, but, you know, the first few months I was doing videos, I would run the engine noise down kind of low. So there, so you'd hear the engine and I'd be talking over the engine. And then somebody I knew came and said, you know, your audio is really terrible. And, you know, I hear this background noise, like there's machinery in the back. I went, oh, 
<laughs> so now, now there's none of that anymore. Now it's just me talking. And uh, yeah, and I and I still I, I I I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know how if, whether I should be doing music back there or whether I should, you know. But but it's been a a, a fun thing to do, and it's one of those things that if somebody wants to do a YouTube channel in aviation there we need to have more aviation youtube channels we need more stuff out there because aviation to me not just powered parachutes but all of it is such a visual experience that's i think one of the big reasons everybody gets into it and sharing that is just not enough you, you, there's tons of boating stuff there's tons of fishing stuff there's an incredible number of cooking channels but my goodness let's get some let's get some flying guys up there doing stuff I'm glad you're doing it, um, and I think you're going to motivate some other people to do that also, get some stuff out there. Uh, EasyFlight.com, the YouTube channel, USUA.org. But there's another thing, too, that is a great resource if you want to learn how to fly, and it's a, this book that you put together. It's kind of like a whole courseware. Tell us a little bit about that before we uh, knock off here. Oh, thanks. Yeah, the, I, I, you know, I was... It was an exam. I was like examiner number one for for powered parachutes from the FAA back in, in the day, and one of the things that was very um, off-putting to new students, especially when I was doing that, you know, I started doing that cadets course, is you give somebody a pilot's handbook of aeronautical knowledge, the powered parachute flying handbook, a practical test standard, a far aim, far aim. By the time you pile the far aim on top, you know, they're starting to get the vapors, right? Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> And I thought, okay, I, there's got to be a better way. And I waited for somebody else to do it. Nobody else would do it. And so I just wrote the book that, you know, kind of encompasses everything I think people need to know about flying powered parachutes, everything the FAA believes is important. And then, and then kind of rolled in some of that other documentation. So if you get that one book, um, you're really in, in pretty good shape. And it offers a lot of things that other books don't have because un fortunately or unfortunately, I've been doing this since 1993 and I just don't stop thinking about this stuff. <laughs> so I'll draw pictures and I'll get all this stuff in there. But uh, it, it, I, I, I like to think that it is uh, you know, one of the best books you can get for uh, learning how to fly powered parachutes. Right, I tell you, you're probably the most passionate person I know about uh, powered parachutes, and you really are an ambassador for the industry, and I can't wait to see more of those videos out there. And This has been awesome having you on, but, you know, I think there's going to be a lot more questions. And, of course, uh, you can just go to stuckmikeavcast.com, find out more, or directly you can go to easyflight.com and, and ask Roy the questions. And, and I would – encourage people to go out and fly one i mean just get out there and check it out and uh like you said that is the way to to move forward with it it's a great great experience being able to to be out there and and feel the wind in your face the first time it happens to you you're like oh my god this is what i've been missing in aviation all this time it's all those senses of smell and touch and i can reach out and feel the air i mean that's just that's amazing to me. And to be able to, to not have anything, anything between you and the ground, you're right there. It's just like being a bird. I think that's, that's uh, the part I like about it. But, uh, but Roy, I appreciate you coming here. This has been great. 
Well, thanks so much for having me. We got to get you flying. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, right now I'm in Indonesia. I don't think we'll be able to put it together before I, I, I leave for North, but I'll be back and forth and we're going to connect up. We're going to get you oh, a, most a, definitely. A, a flight and something so, so we can uh, have something more to talk about someday. Yes, that's for sure. Most definitely. And and look for those YouTube videos. Again, easyflight.com. Uh, Roy Beiswinger is a, just an extraordinary person when you're looking for information about para parachutes and other things in aviation, uh, learning how to fly and regulations, et cetera. There, there's some really good information out there in general about flying. I highly recommend going out to easyflight.com. Check out the YouTube channel from there. It's Easy Flight. That's the way to find it on YouTube. Well, folks, I really appreciate you listening today. And if hopefully this has actually encouraged you to go out and try something new in aviation, no matter what it is, uh, power parachutes, if getting a new rating, etc. But I hope this has encouraged you to get out there and try something new, research something new. Get on YouTube, watch some of those aviation videos. Well, folks, we'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying out there. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.